Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980, 1300 AM, or anywhere on that Odyssey app. It's 410 here at the station, 81 degrees. They say the clouds are moving in now. I don't have any visibility of the cameras outside right this second, so I can't tell you what's happening out there. But my computer says mostly cloudy. A couple things we're going to talk about this piece. Uh, First and foremost, didn't millions, if not billions of dollars, go to our transportation systems and our infrastructure and and everything like that? So um, I'm trying to figure out why the Pennsylvania Turnpike Commission just approved a 5% toll increase for 2024. I believe I read this is the fourth or fifth, I think the fifth increase in as many years. That's 25% increase in five years. Uh, and it's not only the Pennsylvania Turnpike, uh, the the Metropolitan Transit Authority in New York City. And if you travel to New York City, this is going to buy by car or or otherwise is going to uh, affect you. The single bus or subway Ticket will go from 275 to 290. Tolls are increasing 7%. There'll be a 6% easy pass increase and a 10% if you don't have an easy pass increase. But yet, billions of our tax dollars just went to shore up these infrastructure, these these transportation facilities to, to upgrade their facilities, to to help with their services to make their services more reliable, right? That's what all this stuff was about. That's what all these billions of dollars, trillion-dollar infrastructure bill was supposed to do. So is there really a need for this transportation money grab? It seems to be happening here from our Pennsylvania Turnpike Commission. You know, a 5% toll increase again. Like I said, I believe it's been five years in a row. That's 25% increase. And, you know, the MTA in New York City, two things that affect people here in Northeast Pennsylvania a lot. A lot of people travel to New York. A lot of people drive. I know people who commute there either by bus or by car for employment or for leisure during the weekends. It's going to cost you more. It's going to cost us all more. And there seems to be a pattern here. I mean, all this money that our school districts have, and we saw at least half the school districts in Luzerne County increase by a good number, more than they used, usually do. You know, it's not 1%, 2 3%. You know, they, they were up there in the 4s, 5s, and 7%, some of the school districts. And in Lackawanna County, the same thing. A large majority of Lackawanna County school districts increased. And again, this is on top of all this COVID funding that if you look at their budget, there's millions of dollars in there for it. What do we do next year when that COVID money's not there? What do we do then? And what's with this increase money grab for our tax dollars all of a sudden. I I don't understand it. You would think they would try and keep it down since they had all this extra money, try to keep these increases more manageable, especially especially in the times we're in where people are paying more for anything, regardless of what the mainstream media wants to tell you, regardless of what the White House press secretary wants to tell you. We're all feeling it. They, They could say it all they want. We feel it. Yes, gas prices are lower than they were at the highest peak, but they were still at their highest peak. Under this administration, they were still they are still higher now than before this administration. Same thing when you factor in wages, when you factor in inflation, people aren't making more. When you look at the job numbers, they don't take into account the people who just gave up on the workforce and retired. Our labor statistics show 
There's lower people working now than there has been in decades. It's all smoke and mirrors. It's all lies to us. But I take the turnpike, you know, even just coming here to work. If, if, if there's an issue with 81, it's an easy alternative for me rather than take side streets and side secondary roads down here. You know, is, is, is that going to be feasible? Now, another 5% increase come the beginning of the year. And this is, like I said, on top of repeated increases. And this is all through this extra billions of dollars that COVID and billions just for these two entities, Pennsylvania and, and the MTA. The MTA, God knows how much money they got out of it, but a 6% easy pass increase and a 10% other, 7% on tolls. And again, they're, they're raising the buses and subways, you know, just 15 cents, which is a mild increase. But when you factor it in with everything else, and that's not including this nonsense congestion pricing that they're trying to put in New York City, and I'm sure other cities will follow. I, I don't know if Philadelphia has any kind of congestion pricing. If you're down there, please let me know. Uh, that's just ridiculous. You are punishing people who are trying to work. You are punishing people who are trying to get through their lives, and they keep adding and adding and adding this extra stuff. Um, yes, Rob, I believe the Turnpike has has raised tax legislation to 2050. I may be wrong, but I believe it's part of the law they passed. It absolutely is. I did read that. Um, there's a law that says that the Pennsylvania Turnpike Society has to raise taxes, has to raise their uh, their fees up until 2050. But 5%? I mean, we're going for the max every year. Like I said, it's been up 25% the past five years. But yes, the, the, the texter is 100% correct. I did read that in the legislation. There, there is legislation that says the Turnpike Authority has to um, raise the, the, the tax, the toll increase, not tax, toll increase, which is a tax. We're paying extra. It's a tax on us. It's money out of our pocket. Another texter uh, chimed in, but, but, but inflation is down 3% sarcasm. Yeah, it's amazing how that works, right? Amazing how that works. All right, so let's go to uh, the other issue with this this made-up nonsense concerning Jason Aldean and his song, you know, Try That in a Small Town. They are grasping for straws so much. And, and the, the anti-gun, the Shannon Watts, the Any Towns really jumped on this, and, and Sheryl Crow jumped on into it. Um, this this whole thing is about nothing. I mean, they, they didn't like the message because he came out and said he was against Black Lives Matter, the riots that happened and, you know, in relation to them. And then they, they told on this video when someone did research and said, OK, well, the, the courthouse that he uses in this video set back in 1920 was used in a lynching. They're really stretching here. You know, are we supposed to research anywhere we take pictures, anywhere we do a video, any movie scene? I mean, I could tell you right now how many videos in history, how many things have been on at the Apollo Theater. Well, right next to the Apollo Theater where the Nation of Imlob's Islam headquarters is a police officer was killed. A New York City police officer was, was killed. You know, does that mean there should be nothing filmed in front of there? You know, any rap video that's filmed outside, I can guarantee you there was a black-on-black shooting in that area. Because that's what happens in these inner cities. And they don't want to talk about those things. They don't want to highlight that. We don't want to talk about what's going on in Baltimore. We don't want to talk about what's going on in Chicago and New York. They can't even mention black-on-black crime. 
But that's who's being victimized in these cities by these criminals. But here, they'll go back to 1920 and say, well, this happened in history. Um, yeah, I mean, can we not film anything at Gettysburg? J- just saying, you know, is, is, is Independence Hall, can we not do anything there? And it's funny how they say the the the, the video predicts uh, the video the video shows violence. Well, the video is nothing but news articles from the mainstream media showing what actually happened over the past decade, and people are tired of it. And, and you know, Cheryl Crow wrote, "I'm from a small town. Even people in small towns are sick of violence. There's nothing small town or American about promoting violence." You should know that better than anyone having survived a mass shooting. This is not American or small town like. It's just lame. And before Cheryl Crow blocked me, I responded to her, reacting to violence is a far cry from promoting violence, in quotations. Someone who has had more relationships than shoes should understand that. You know, here's someone who one of their most famous songs was about cheating on their significant other. But now she's the moral authority on what's violence and what's not violence. And it's obviously just to get herself out there because, you know, she's nowhere near anywhere on any top 100 list right now. But, you know, and she, she, she quoted Shannon Watts, the head of the anti-gun organization Everytown. And again, this isn't about gun violence. This wasn't about gun violence. They're using gun violence because that fits their narrative. But then you have the other people attacking Jason Aldean, who's saying this is a racist video, that there was a lynching in this place in 1920, and it depicts violence, and you're advocating for violence. No. And like I said in my tweet, responding to violence is different than advocating for violence. And yes, small towns are different. That's why I moved here 20 years ago. That's why I chose to raise my family here. And we live in a small town. We live in a small city in Scranton. But if you look at the cities, if you look at what's going on, yeah, middle America, the everyday person is sick of it. And they didn't learn their lesson. CMT cancels his video. They didn't learn their lesson with Bud Light. They didn't learn their lesson with, with Morgan Wallen when they, they, they banned him. And then he had the number one album for the next two or three albums. There is not a single fan of Jason Aldean who's sitting home going, yeah, I'm not going to listen to him anymore because of this video. And the video shows what actually happened in these cities in America. And you know what? America's sick of it. Look at who's moving out of the cities to small towns. And yes, you don't think Florida's a conglomerate of small towns? That's all it is. Orlando's not a big city. Jacksonville's not a big city. They're not doing these things. They're moving. Small towns is where it's at. Small towns is where people take care of each other. They look out for each other. I'm not saying they're perfect. I'm not saying there's not trash in small towns. There obviously is. But I'll damn well live in a small town before I move to one of these hellholes where crime is out of control. 421 here at WILK. We'll be back after the traffic We and take weather. care of our own crime in our small towns. We do. This Pentella Data Internet Traffic Update. We have a backup on 476 southbound, the PA Turnpike. Before you get to the Pocono-Hazleton exit, there was a wreck. We also have a, you know heavy traffic on 80 west in the Bloomsburg area through construction. That is all jammed up. 81 northbound, the slowing begins just after Clark Summit. 
as you head through that construction. And it is bumper to bumper on North River Street in Wilkes-Barre. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, W-I-L-K Traffic. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. Today, mix of sun and clouds with an isolated shower, high 85. Tonight, partly cloudy with seasonal temperatures, low 63. Thursday, partly sunny with some pop-up afternoon storms, high 85. Friday, scattered showers and storms, high 82. NASCAR Saturday, mix of sun and clouds, high 80. Jake. Sunday, mix of sun and clouds, maybe an isolated shower, hopefully after the checkered flag drops, high of 83. It's currently 81 degrees and partly sunny here at 422 at your official weather station, WILK. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. You can call or text the show at 570-883-0098. Um... Got a text message. Hope you have your tissues close by. The crying you're doing is pathetic. Of course, my response, ah, the infamous coward texter. You feel better now? Tell us where the radio hurts you. Uh, to move on, I think we proved our point. Uh, Fauci and health officials are accused of illegally e- approving $26 billion in grants using taxpayer dollars. Following a letter sent out in July, members of the Energy and Commerce Committee held a news conference last week on what they say was the Health and Human Services Secretary, Xavier Becerra's, failure to lawfully reappoint 14 National Institute of Health officials, including Dr. Anthony Fauci. Following a bipartisan law passed in 2016, the 21st Century Cures Act, the secretary of the HHS had to reappoint NIH Institute and Center directors every five years, starting with those whose terms would expire in December 2021. There's been a complete breakdown of accountability and the agency that has lost the trust of the American people, especially during COVID-19, Energy and Commerce Chair Kathy Morris Rogers of Washington said, At a news conference, 14 NIH officials, including Dr. Fauci, held unlawful positions and exercised authority that they did not have, which included approving $26 billion in grants. So in a nutshell, what this law says is that these NIH officials every five years has to be reappointed by the HHS secretary. That was not done. And they kept moving on like business as usual. So they were approving grants as the head of these departments within the NIH. They were approving grants totaling $26 billion. So that's basically the equivalent to someone who failed to swear an oath of office, never was sworn in, really never had the official duties to do that. I mean, we've seen it with our elected officials. I've seen it have to be redone because it wasn't done properly. You know, if you don't take the official oath of office, if you don't swear to that oath, you cannot carry out your official duties. That's why it's such a monumental thing we see down in in Washington. You know, I saw it firsthand where when they were installing uh, 1,200 midshipmen into the Naval Academy, the commandant of midshipmen read the oath of office wrong. He missed one word in the oath of office. 
and they had to get everybody in an auditorium a day later and re-swear in the oath. And their date of admission was changed to that day because it had to be. So this isn't an oath of office. This is an appointment. But the law, a bipartisan law, said that these individuals, then that was 14 in this case, including Dr. Fauci, needed to be reappointed by the head of the HHS. It wasn't done. And in the meantime, they gave out all these grants that they weren't authorized to give because they were not technically, as per the law, legally able to give out these grants. And these are just some of the things that are going on. We're going to talk about some more. But this congressman mentioned that the NIH had misled the committee for over a year throughout the investigation. She claimed that the request has been a pretty simple one, that being to provide documents proving that Basiera, the head of the HHS, the secretary of the HHS, reappointed the officials. No one is above the law. Americans need to know that their tax dollars are being spent responsibly effectively and lawfully, and that the people who are making these decisions are lawfully authorized to make them. It's unfair to the American people that while he held positions unlawfully, he used his platform to be the voice of science and shame those with alternative points of views, in addition to pushing for questionable public health guidance policies. So what's your thought, Northeast Pennsylvania? $26 billion is a lot of money. And I'm not talking about the validity of these grants. The NIH does a lot of things, a lot of good things. You know, my daughter, who's a type 1 diabetic, has benefited from some of the things the NIH does. But the mere fact that there's a bipartisan law put in place that says you must do this, and the Secretary of the Health and Human Services Commission, the Secretary of the Health and Human Services, fails to do that. And that these directors go on and spend $26 billion of our money. If you or I did that, if your boss gave you a set of rules and you didn't follow it and then took all this official action that didn't count legally, would you still have a job? Would you be in trouble? Would your manager cover for you for a year while it was being looked at by your boss? I don't think so. But this is what's going on in our government day in and day out. 431 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in a minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 436. It's the point of the show where we honor our police officers across the nation who made the ultimate sacrifice. 81 police officers made the ultimate sacrifice on this day throughout history. Two from here in Pennsylvania. Detective Frank C. Bell of the Lehigh Valley Railroad Police Department, 1935, succumbed to injuries sustained the previous day when he fell underneath a train that he was attempting to board in Sarah, Pennsylvania. He was trying to chase individuals who boarded the train illegally to rob it. And Chief of Police Peter Milligan, Woodlawn Borough Police Department, Pennsylvania, Chief Police Milligan was killed in an automobile crash while he and another officer drove to McKee's Rock to search for a suspect at approximately 1 a.m. During driver, Chief Mulligan became blinded by the lights from an oncoming car and drove off the road between Woodlawn and South Heights. His patrol car struck a pole, causing him to suffer a skull fracture. And those are our two from uh, this area in Pennsylvania. And our 
thoughts go out to all our first responders out there, everyone who answers that 911 call. Our thoughts and prayers are with you and your families. We can go to the phones. Uh, now we have uh, Phil on 81 South for, on Jason Aldean. Phil. Yeah. Um, uh, Rob, thank you for taking my call. Um, number one, been a police officer in the past in two small towns in northeast PA where individuals would come in from other states, have their secondary homes, or come to visit. And uh, small towns have their own rules and regulations and stuff like that. Uh, but then individuals coming from larger areas, they may not be running by the same, in a sense, rules, and they come into our area, and we go, and if you're not abiding by our rules, which are state and local rules, something's going to happen. It is just the way it is. With the fact of the song itself, looking at uh, past, and we're talking back in the rap days, but rap is still there. No matter who the artist was, no matter what uh, color, creed, condition, a ton of rap songs, they were just about violence. And, you know, there's nothing going on in saying about that, but this, I can understand the song. I think it's a good song. And I think everybody's just going, well, the individuals are just going a little bit way outside the box. Oh, no doubt. I mean, they, they just want to be angry about something. Uh, I mean, that's what it appears here. People people need to be angry about something. I mean, that's some of the text messages I'm getting in. People just need to be angry. It just, it, that's not the way we should be, <laughs> which I know you know that, but the more anger that's created by this, uh, it, it's like we're dividing ourselves even more for what? A song that maybe not a lot of people... Uh, well, a very few people may not like, but you know what? It is the way it is. Not everybody likes the same type of song. Not everybody likes the same type of music. But honestly, it has to go national. This is it's the it's the removal of the United States of America and the true unity we should be having at this point. No doubt, Phil. And this song's been out for a few months now. And until someone raised the green flag of, hey, we're going to be angry at this now. And it's not about creating violence. It's, it's about holding people accountable for violence. That violence is not going to be accepted. That's what this song is about if you read the song. Uh, and yeah. that's the way it should be. Parents should be like that with their kids. You know, teachers should be like that way with the schools they supervise, the classes they supervise. Society should be like violence should not be tolerated. That's just that's just what a just society you know mandates. Responsibility by parents is number one. Your kids can't just go out there and do whatever, and the parent says, oh, well, it is the way it is in society. No, it comes down to home. We start at home, and then it builds further from there. Absolutely, Phil. I could have said it better myself. I appreciate you listening, Colin, and thank you for your service. Thank you as well, Rob. Thank you. It's 441 here at WILK. Time for traffic and weather. It is, Rob. This traffic update is brought to you by Penteladata Internet. Accidents on 476 southbound right before the uh, Pocono, the Whitehaven exit um, in that area. You are all backed up. That seems like it's going to take a while. It now has changed to saying major accidents. So. We also have a slowdown on 81 northbound above Clark Summit due to the road work happening up that way. And 80 West in Bloomsburg is all jammed up. North River Street in Wilkesbury is bumper to bumper and heavy traffic on Kaiser Avenue in Scranton. Whenever you see a traffic problem,
problem, call our jam line, 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone Care, or <laughs> W-I-L-K traffic. <laughs> Thank I, you, Nikki. I know where I'm, I'm going next. <laughs> oh, I got to look at something. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. Today, a mix of sun and clouds with an isolated shower, high 85. Tonight, partly cloudy with seasonal temperatures, low 63. Thursday, partly sunny with pop-up afternoon thunderstorms, high 85. Friday, scattered showers and storms, high 82. Saturday, mix of sun and clouds, high 80. Sunday, mix of sun and clouds and an isolated shower, high 83. It's currently 82 degrees and partly sunny at 442 here at WILK. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 447 here at the station. You can call or text at 570-883-0098. Remember, you can listen to us anywhere on that Odyssey app. Did you guys, did anyone watch the uh, town hall meeting with uh, Donald Trump last night? Sean Hannity. I I didn't, I, I caught parts of it, but I was in and out. I was doing other things. I really didn't watch it. I was reading about it, and I saw clips today. But, um, you know, it was typical Donald Trump. His crowd was obviously a home team crowd. I would have liked to have seen more on things he wants to do, specifically. Things he wants to do to fix the problems that we're all facing. Now, now I know he talks about it generally, and, and you know, he, he's doing very well with his base. Now, there's both sides of that that say his base is maxed out, that anyone who he has is is there now. So polls and such like that are kind of in in flux. And, and I don't know if I buy that or not. I do know that if he runs against Joe Biden, it's going to be 100% anti-Donald Trump vote. Because how can anyone, I mean, how can anyone really justify what Joe Biden's doing? He was with the president of Israel yesterday, sitting in the White House, and either fell asleep, lost his train of thought, staring at the ground. I mean, no one seems to really know. It looked like to me he had a mini stroke. He was in the middle of saying stuff. He had his note cards. And I don't blame him for having note cards. You know, if you speak publicly, yeah, you have an outline, you have... You know, note cards in front of you. You know, I've done public speaking. That's just what you do. I I get that. We seem to like people who are able to just talk off their their memory when it comes to situations, especially with a world leader. I mean, the, the president of Israel didn't have note cards or anything there. But I don't know what happened, but he all of a sudden he just starts mumbling. And then kind of totally incoherent, which really left the president of Italy, uh, Italy, uh, Israel, in an awkward position. He's looking around. He's looking at advisors. He's looking at people. He's trying to look at Joe Biden. He's trying to be you know, nice to his guests, to, to his host. And it was just very hard. It was very awkward for me. I felt uncomfortable watching it as an American. But, you know, Donald Trump had his town hall last night. You know, Donald Trump seems to be going the way a lot of Republicans and GOP are, where they're, they're leaning towards mail-in voting and early voting because that has become the norm. So there's that argument to accept it now. Donald Trump himself says, you know, there's been a lot of issues with it, but it it is the way of the future. He's still stuck by his, you know, discrepancies with the mail-in voting and votes in general during the town hall. But it, it looks like to me from the press clippings I saw and from the media 
postings that I saw on it that he he pretty much says that he endorses mail-in voting and early voting. And you're going to have to as a Republican at this point. I think we've gotten to the point where they're never going to let it go away. So either we embrace it and use it to our benefit and maximize it those votes as we can, or we don't. And I think we truly have to do better in that lead. But in addition to his his kind of accepting mail-in and early voting, which I think is a good move, you know, he did have several praises for China's leader. I, I disagree with a lot of the things he said. China is our main adversary. I mean, let, let's let's be honest here. Russia has shown their true military capability outside of a nuclear conflict. But, you know, for Trump to say that he's brilliant, I don't, I don't agree. I, I, don't, I don't agree with his terminology there. I get what he's trying to say. I get that, you know, his, his, his take on it, and this is former President Donald Trump during the town hall last night with Sean Hannity, was, well, I had this guy in control. You know, I, I, I kept him at bay, and, and he's brilliant. But, you know, I was more brilliant, you know, because that's how he is. But, you know, for, for him to say, you know, well, he runs 1.4 billion people with an iron fist, smart, brilliant, everything perfect. Everything perfect? You, you're talking about the head of China. You can say he's smart. He's kept his, his power. He, he does rule with an iron fist, but that's not a great thing for us to be touting. I mean, but to say he's brilliant and everything's perfect? You know, I just find some things, and and then he said that there's nobody in Hollywood like this guy. I don't get that analogy whatsoever. This isn't Hollywood. This isn't The Apprentice. You've been president already. I want to see presidential stuff. I want to see how we're going to move forward, and they're never going to let him personally move forward. They hate him. There's a large portion of America, close to if not 50%, that, that utterly hate him. And they will instill someone like a Joe Biden because of that hate. They will vote for someone like a John Fetterman because of that hate. It's political suicide. Look at the situation our country's in. Yes, it's not the worst it's been, but it's nowhere near good. Our economy's nowhere near good. Inflation is nowhere near good. The job market is nowhere near good. The cost of things is nowhere near good. Taxes are nowhere near good. Yes, we're not the highest we've been, but we're still bad. We're still in a bad place. We're still in a very vulnerable place. But yet, people are okay with that. They've accepted that. It's the political Stockholm Syndrome of the of poor Democratic leadership. And if you're, if you're a Democrat and you want to run a good Democrat, well, find one. Run one. Joe Biden's not him. John Fetterman's not him. And then you look at the Democrats we do have. Bob Casey, who's a nice guy. Matt Cartwright, another nice guy. I have no personal issues with them other than the fact they've done nothing but, them, but for themselves. I mean, at what point do you turn around and say, we're really not getting a return on this investment on this politician? Time to move on. Time to try something different. How about we get a pattern where we oust them every couple of years and put them on notice that either they do things or they're gone. 
because they've become too comfortable in the positions they're in. And that's our fault. Show me a moderate Democrat that's willing to work across the aisles. And I'll show you there's a chance for support, at least for me. But they're getting more extreme, more zombie-like, more cognitively zoned out. And there's no one in the batting box. There's no one there to step in except someone who's more radical. And that can't be the way we move forward on either side. It can't be the way we move forward. It's 454 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 458. Let me go to the phones. We have uh, Ray from Mountaintop on mail-in voting. Ray, I have just over a minute. Rob, you're going to hear it here first. Yes, last night, reluctantly, President Trump went along with the outrageous mailing activities of the 2020 election. We are headed for the time when there will be, in a congressional district, more votes cast than there are people. That's what we're headed for with the outrageous Democrat, liberal, criminal voting procedures. One person, one vote, you show up, you bring ID, it's on paper, you vote on one day, if need be, call it a national holiday, we certainly got 2019th or June 10th, whatever, half of the election day, in person, show up with ID. If you don't want to go and you don't want to show, you don't vote. But until then, the national embarrassment is going to be we are going to have an election, probably in 2024, where there's more votes cast than there are people in the district in which there was election held. That's what's going to happen. Ray, I tend to believe you, and my advice would be for the lawmakers is if you're going to go down this road, they need to strengthen the, the penalties for fraud when it comes to that. Not what they've been doing, but they really need to come down on if you're caught doing it, you're going to pay the price dramatically because it lock does em, seem the way this lock, is moving. Lock them up. Yep, I appreciate it, Ray. Have a great night. It's uh, almost... Five o'clock here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio after these messages.